Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, Mamie Camfer Stewart joins the show. Mamie's an executive coach. She's the host of the Modern Manager podcast and the author of Momentum, Creating Effective, Engaging, and Enjoyable Meetings. This one is jam-packed with top strategies and tips on how to host effective meetings, how to prepare for meetings, common mistakes that leaders make around meetings, how to avoid making those mistakes, and Mamie shares her top tips to maximize meeting effectiveness. It's an amazing episode. You're going to have to take notes on this one or at least listen to it multiple times. So definitely get ready for that. And if you want to hear more from me, if you head on over to the Modern Manager podcast, wherever you're listening to this one, and head back in the archives about a couple weeks, you'll hear Mamie interview me about toxic bosses, mindset, leadership, and more. So check that out as well. We at Elite High Performance specialize in building high-impact leaders that turn their teams into happy high performers. We do this through mindset. We do this through leadership strategies that the top teams in the world and the top leaders in the world use to excel in every area of their life. So if you're interested in that, head on over to EliteHighPerformance.com for more on that. Lastly, share the Leadership Launchpad Project with any leaders in your life, any folks that need to know how to host better meetings, because this one is such a great interview. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And here's the interview with Mamie Camfer-Stewart. We are back. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and as always, the yang to my yin, Susan Hobson's here. Susan, how are you? How am I, Robert? Any guesses? Any guesses right now? You see me in my happy place. And so, yeah, I'm fired up and I'm happy to be here because I just, I feel like I, this is where I do my best work is in my happy <laughs> place up at the cottage, right? Staring at that beautiful lake. In a in a happy place with sewage problems. <laughs> oh shh. We don't have to tell everybody about that part. <laughs> oh shit is absolutely correct. <laughs> I've been learning all kinds of new things on the on the job here. Home ownership is the gift that keeps song given, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> and so we obviously we have to start off with a quote. And mm-hmm. I got one today from James Blanchard, and it's one of my favorite quotes. And he says, once you awaken, you ha- will have no interest in judging those who sleep. Mm. And I think for me, this is something that sometimes I, when, when, when my protector parts jump in, I, I feel that judgment. And when I start to realize and send that part away, it opens up compassion for everyone. And I think for folks out there, it's it's easy to get, you know, into these judgment places. 
Mm-hmm. But the true way to be forward and step forward and be the best leader you can be is to allow that to go away and just understand that everyone's on their own journey and some will be farther than others. Mm-hmm. Judge not lest thee be judged, right? <laughs> and judge yourself. And that means you're judging yourself. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, we have an... Uh, an absolutely special guest, the host of the Modern Manager podcast, an executive coach, and the author of Momentum, Creating Effective, Engaging, and Enjoyable Meetings, which we'll get to the enjoyable part <laughs> shortly. We have- I can't wait to Mamie, hear her tips on that. Absolutely. We have Mamie Camfer stewart Mamie, how are you? I am doing wonderfully today. So nice to be here with you both. It's great to have you. Maybe maybe before we jump into your story, what do you think about the quote? I I also love this quote. And my interpretation when you first read it was that once you know the thing that you are meant to do and you have the thing that you can focus on, you just stop worrying about everybody else and every other thing that's going on. And you can really just be invested in what what you have in front of you. And I love that because that has definitely been true in my life. When I'm feeling uncertain, it's so easy to just judge everything about everybody to try to make yourself feel more secure. But as soon as you've got your space and you know your path, it doesn't really matter what anyone else is doing. I love that. I love that. That leads to the question, what mission are you on today? Ah, so I, well, I have two missions, but for today's conversation, we're going to focus in on a mission that I've been on this path for, wow, almost a decade, it feels like, of making meetings one of the best parts of your day. Because we all know that meetings typically (laughs) are the worst part of people's day. And I really just see a world in which that is not the case. And meetings can be a fabulous place for us to come together with our colleagues, to collaborate, to share ideas, to make decisions, to get work done, to build relationships, all that good stuff that we have to do in the workday. So tell us what inspired you to go on said mission to make meetings uh, enjoyable. Tell us a little bit about your backstory with this. Yeah, I'll give you the long version, then you tell me if it's too long. (laughs) Sounds good. So I grew up in the context of a family business. And right after college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I thought I was going to be an artist. That turned out to not be the case. So my first job was working inside of my family business at a very high level. They like inserted me in and was like, okay, you can just like help out. And I got exposure to all of these incredible processes for how we ran our business. Everything from strategic planning and project planning down to planning and follow up on a meeting. And once I started to have a little more direction for myself, I got my first job outside in a nonprofit. And I was shocked at the way that the organization was run. And I was like, I thought the way that my family did it was normal. And what I discovered after a couple of months out in quote the real world was that the way my family business ran was actually very unique. And so I decided I wanted to take the practices that we had developed internally and bring them to more organizations. And I went down some very windy paths around project management and strategic planning and all the other things. And I was talking to someone one day and I was really frustrated that I wasn't getting the traction that I thought. I thought people were just going to be like, absolutely, we need all these things. And it was not happening that way as entrepreneurs 
you do this? No, sometimes you got to iterate. Oh yeah. And I was, I was chatting with someone and she said, you know what? If you just made our meetings better, like how about that would be enough? Like if you could just help us with our meetings. And I was like, really? That's the thing is, is the meetings, not these like big, fancy, all this other stuff. So I started chatting with people about their meetings and it was like the floodgates open. Every single person I spoke to, whether it was at a networking event in the work world and a business space or at a bar with my friends or at my kid's school at drop-off, if I asked people about a meeting they went to, every single person had a story of that week, if not that day, about a terrible meeting that they had to sit through, how it was such a waste of time, how it was not well facilitated, not well planned. They didn't know why they were there. And it was just horrid. I was like, oh my gosh, this really is a big problem. If I could solve this with some very simple practices that I know anyone can implement, wow, this could be a game changer for people's lives across the board. So that sent me down the whole journey of diving deep into the world of meeting effectiveness. I I wow. love this. And yeah, when I was yeah. we were we were chatting before um about meetings and I was just like I have like it's literally true. Like, every day at corporate was like <laughs> meeting after meeting and then yeah. the big thing that I want to also ask you about is since since the pandemic happened, meetings have ticked up by like 40%, I think is the stat. And mm -hmm. it seems like it, it happened to me at the beginning of, of COVID when I was in engineering. And then with my clients now, like some of my clients are booked in three meetings at the same time. Yeah. And like what I wanted to start with, Mamie, is just like, how should a leader decide whether it should be a meeting or if they can just communicate via like email or text or a, just a quick phone call? Mm, great question. Yeah. So this, this is baseline for all meetings, whether or not you're deciding if it should be a meeting or you were invited to a meeting. The number one thing that we need to do as meeting leaders is to set a desired outcome. We need to know what the meeting is meant to achieve. Because if you don't really know what it's meant to achieve, you can't figure out if it should be a meeting or a memo or a Slack message or something else. So it starts with understanding what you want to achieve in that meeting. And this is really different from how most people think. Often we go, I'm going to have a meeting because we need to brainstorm about something or we need to review the, the last quarter's financials or we need to debrief on the client call or we need to whatever. And we get into this activity mindset of all the things that we need to do. And that doesn't tell you what you've achieved. So if you had a great discussion about the client debrief, was that a good meeting? I don't know. What did you accomplish? Did you accomplish what you needed to accomplish to be able to move the work forward? So we need to start to shift from why are we having this meeting to what will this meeting accomplish? And if you know at the end of the meeting, we need to have an updated report to send to the client, or we need to have five good ideas that we can take to our other department to get their sign off on, or we need to have a list of questions and information that we need to gather in order to make this decision. Now you can design your meeting or other alternative to get you to that outcome. And once you know that, then again, you can decide do I need to have a meeting to do that brainstorm? 
Or could we use an online tool instead? Do we need to have a conversation about this in real time because the information is complex and there's going to be a lot of questions? I want to make sure everybody has clarity. Or can I record a 10-minute voice memo and send it to folks explaining the information? So you can't make that decision, though, if you don't know what the meeting is about. I love it. Tell us about some of the most common mistakes that you see us leaders, we're all leaders in this room, right? Making when it comes to setting the stage for a successful meeting. What are some of the most common mistakes? Let's put those on our leaders' radar. Yeah. Well, very first is the mindset around meetings, which is we think meetings are an event. It's a time on our calendar that starts at 11 and ends at noon, and we have to show up and do the thing we do in the meeting, and then it's over. That is a myth. Meetings are actually a process or a cycle. I I tend to use the word cycle because we tend to have meetings that kind of flow into each other. They're part of a rhythm of work. Mm -hmm. So there's a phase of before the meeting where all the planning work has to go. And that's the What are we trying to accomplish in this meeting? How will I know it's been successful? Who needs to be there? What should people do to prepare? I need to build out my agenda so I know how I'm going to use the time. I need to have any materials prepped so that if we're going to use an online tool or a flip chart in the room, we have those things ready. So there's all this pre-work that happens in this planning phase. And most leaders, and including myself, I still tend to do this sometimes because we're not all perfect, is we don't do the planning. We do it maybe a little bit in our head, but we don't tell anyone, hey, we're having this meeting. This is what we want to accomplish here. We don't give them anything to do ahead of time. So when they come in, we have to now catch everybody up so that we can have the conversation. So that's the first problem that comes from not understanding the cycle is that planning phase that people just forget about. Then we have the meeting. And here are some of the common mistakes are things like not reminding people what you're trying to accomplish at the start of the meeting. Because let's be real, we are all coming from a million things that we've been working on, whether you're running in from another meeting or you've been heads down in work, or you're just trying to get through email and take it off your list because you want to get rid of that weight off your shoulders, whatever it is, your brain has been somewhere else. And when you sit down or join that Zoom link, you need to reorient to why you're here. And if we start our meetings by, okay, so first agenda item is this it's really hard for people to actually give their best thinking and help move the conversation towards the outcome we want because we didn't tell them, hey, this is why we're here. This is what we want to accomplish. Let's now dive into the work with the same goal in mind. So then the third part is the after, right? What happens after the meeting? So often we end our meeting with, I have to hop to another Zoom call. Uh, I'll see you next time, right? Can anyone stay a little a couple minutes longer? Okay, because we're, we're not quite done, right? It's, it's not a closure. We need closure to our meetings. And in those last couple minutes, we need to use that time to clarify, again, what did we decide? Document it. Yes, you may have had a conversation earlier, made a decision. Remind people of the decision at the end. Capture the next steps with who will do what by when. Document it live in the meeting so that it's not just in your handwritten scribbles, but it's actually somewhere online that can be easily shared and viewed by the whole team. That way, this last phase that we tend to forget about is the follow-through. And this is where all the work now happens. Decisions get implemented, tasks get done, questions get investigated, information gets shared with people who weren't in the meeting. And we kind of forget that that's actually 
part of a meeting, part of the meeting cycle, we kind of see it as like, okay, now we go do the other work. But it's all connected because if information from the meeting doesn't get shared, some people aren't going to do the right work. If decisions aren't communicated effectively, people are going to do the wrong work. And if those tasks don't happen, then the next meeting is going to be not quite the same conversation because something didn't happen that needed to happen in order for the next meeting to happen so that it would all make sense. So we have to start thinking about it as a cycle and recognize that as meeting leaders, we have a role to play in each of those phases, as do our participants. What would you say, Mammy, to the leaders listening right now who are like, what is she talking about? Who has time for all of that prep and all of that post and all of what she's laying down here in terms of how to get the most out of these meetings? What would you say to those leaders? Oh, this is, I love this question because I got an email once from someone who was using this method that I had trained them in. And they were like, oh my gosh, it took me 20 minutes to plan the meeting, to figure out the agenda, the desired outcome, figure who has an invite. Like that's craziness. And I was like, okay, how many meetings have you been in though, where you left after an hour? and was like, why were we there? I'm asking you or suggesting to you to spend 20 minutes to make sure that that hour is a really good use of everyone's time. Mm -hmm. And if in that 20 minutes you figure out, oh, we don't even have to spend an hour because a meeting isn't the right format. Instead, I could just write a memo and send it out or record a voice message and send it out or send something over by Slack. Wow, you just saved an entire hour for a whole group of people. We have to put the timing in context because we are wasting so much time in meetings that are unproductive that if we can cut those meetings down, if we can save 20% of our time by not having bad meetings, then it's okay to spend 5% of your time planning because you're still going to have a net gain. I want to, I mean, I, of course, I love this. Um, I and I think it's it's super practical for folks. Now I want to ask about the enjoyment part. <laughs> I had a feeling. How do we how do we make meetings enjoyable instead of feeling like we're sort of pulling wow. teeth? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's a lot of factors that go into what makes an enjoyable meeting. And first I'll say that different people find different things enjoyable in meetings. So it is not a one size fits all where just do these three things and everyone will feel good. So you do need to understand your team and know your culture and get a sense from your people as to what makes meetings enjoyable. But a couple of things that tend to be appreciated and tend to be things that make meetings enjoyable. And this kind of goes back to what are some of the things that we do wrong? Well, first is that we don't only have to talk in meetings. Talking is one form of communication. It's one way of bringing people together. But a lot of folks really like the interactivity that comes from being in a meeting. And there are so many great tools now online that if you're doing virtual meetings, just throwing up slides is one thing just to change up the way you're looking. And we're all pretty used to that. But using other tools like Miro or, um, oh my gosh, I'm looking at some of the other names right now, Mural or Mentimeter, like there are all these tools that can create opportunities for people to type things in and click on on polls and put in word clouds and answer questions anonymously. And that kind of engagement can make the meeting more enjoyable because you're not just sitting and staring at a screen or 
sitting in a room waiting for your turn to talk. So that's one part of enjoyable meetings is making them more engaging and using activities to to drive that type of engagement. The second piece is making them more relational. I have so many meeting leaders who are just like, I only have, you know, 45 minutes and I have to use every single minute. And we're starting at one minute past. People have one minute to get on the Zoom call. And then we are ending exactly on time because that's all we have. And people are running and we don't have time for any kind of chit chat. And yes, we feel that pressure. A lot of us do because there's only so many hours in the day and we are limited because people have so many things going on. Mm -hmm. But taking a breath and using some of your time to build relationships, to check in with people, that actually helps make the meeting more enjoyable and give people the focus that they need to be able to stay fully engaged. And there's research that has shown that if you speak early in the meeting, you are more likely to speak up later. And so if you take five minutes at the start of a meeting and do a round robin check-in and ask people, it can be a very simple question like, how's your day? What's going on? Or it can be more specific, like, what's one thing you're excited about coming up this weekend? Or it could be something aligned to your topic, like, what's one thing that's on your mind related to our agenda that you hope we'll cover today? Or it could be something that is fun. Like when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Or something that is like more intellectual. Like what like what have you learned recently from a article, a book, or a podcast or a TED talk that you want to share with us? But getting people to talk early gets them engaged and builds those relationships and helps people see each other as humans. And so our meeting time just becomes more enjoyable because we're with people that we want to be with. So that's the second piece. And then I will say the last thing around enjoyable meetings is simply not having bad meetings. We've all been to good meetings. We've all known that feeling when the meeting was just like, yes, we got work done and we had fun and we had a great conversation. And maybe it was even a hard conversation because we were grappling with stuff, but we walked out of there feeling good and not feeling like, so part of making meetings enjoyable is just not having the bad ones, just doing the work up front to make sure you know you have the right agenda, you have the, a desired outcome that's clear, you have the right people in the room, so you're not just doing a broad brush, oh, I'm going to invite everybody on the team because that's the nice thing to do. Don't do that. Figure out who needs to be there. Invite those folks. And if you're worried about leaving people out, have a conversation with them because honestly, they probably want to be left out. They don't want to sit through a meeting they don't need to be in, but they're not going to say no to you if you're their boss. So you need to talk to them about, hey, we're having this meeting. Do you want to be here or not? It's optional for you. And they will likely say no as long as you promise to give them the information afterwards so they can stay in the loop and then do it. So don't have bad meetings that will automatically make your other meetings more enjoyable. Uh, and that's the that's the ultimate best tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all human-centric leadership strategy, which we happen to love. Oh, yeah. Right? That, that's what I want to ask you about, right? Is like, so you mentioned relationships. And obviously, the title of your podcast is Modern Manager. And we, we talk about Leadership 2.0 on this show. But what's a modern manager to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, it is really about putting the humans at the center of your leadership as opposed to the work. And when we put people at the center and we focus on how do we create that environment where everyone gets to do their best work and be their best self, the work will happen. 
great things will happen. And so as a leader, your job is to facilitate, to support, to enable, to smooth the road, to be a thought partner. So to me, that's what modern management is all about. And being a modern manager means you worry less about yourself and more about your team. It's very similar to a coach on a basketball team, right? You got you to put your players at the center. It's the same thing. A manager has to put their team at the center. Yes, we happen to concur. It's all about that mm-hmm. heart-centric, human-centric approach, right? This is what yeah. the new school, it's neuroscience back. This is what new school leadership's all about. Um, what does leadership itself mean to you? I love asking our guests this question, and I would love to plug into that with with our modern day manager. What does leadership itself mean to you? To me, leadership at, at the heart of it is about making hard decisions in service of the outcome and the people you are serving. And it. It, is, it is a hard thing that I really, really struggle with. And I know that it's also what separates someone who is a great collaborator from being a truly great leader because they mm. can... They can take themselves out of the situation and say, this is what needs to happen. And I'm going to figure out how to bring these people together to do it in a way that is truly respectful of the people, but that gets us to the outcome that we also need to get to. Love it. Yeah, I would love if you have a tip on that. Like we had, Mm -hmm. I think it was Ron Carucci came on the show and he said that leadership is... Uh, regulating the speed that you disappoint people. <laughs> ah. It was something about that, right? Where it's like yeah. you're unable to give everything everything they want, but you're able to like disappoint them at a rate that they can handle. And mm. I think it's very it's similar to what you yes. mentioned. But like, how do you go from collaborator or like this person that like is trying to make everybody happy to mm-hmm. like leader that's making great decisions? Oh, it's hard. That's such a great question. I'm not sure that I have broken it down into a science yet, but I will say for myself, the uh, the like model that I hold is logic and love. And I, I don't talk about this publicly. It's actually the first time I'm even mentioning this model, but it's something I think about a lot in general and how I show up because it to me, there's a balance between how are we showing up with with love to our people and with care. And at the same time, with a sense of logic that says, we understand what steps need to happen. We understand how to how to get the work done. And sometimes those two things can be in conflict with what people want and what we know needs to happen. And so for me, it's always just this balance between, am I leaning into the logical side? Am I leaning into the loving side? And if I'm going to lean into the logic side, how do I bring people along? And sometimes that is just as simple as explaining the logic. Some folks mm-hmm. that clicks to, right, depending on how your brain works, you give them the logic and they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I see why we're going to do it like this. And for other folks, it doesn't matter how much logic you give them, it's never going to help. And for those folks, because I tend to lean towards the logic side, I have found, and lots of research has showed this, right? You have to talk to them in the language that works for them. And many times it's about the like the bigger picture, the values that are undergirding, the motivation that is going to support them, whatever it is that's, that makes them feel good about the decision and bringing them, bringing them along in their way. 
And for people when I'm leaning into the love side who go against the logic, it's kind of the same thing. I have to kind of explain a lot of times, okay, this is why we're doing this. You have to make your love logical for those logic people. All right. I got a really important question to ask our expert on meetings. I feel like my my natural curiosity leads me to want to understand, do these rules apply across all boards? Obviously, we've gone through a, a tremendous transition over the last couple of years, right? The majority of us are working in a hybrid fashion nowadays. So did these same rules that you're laying down for our leaders apply both for online meetings and for live touch points? Is it the same strategy? Yes, and. So there are some practices that are true for all meetings. You should know what your desired outcome is for every meeting. And if you are going to have an emergent meeting, meaning you're going to grab a colleague because you want to talk something through, you should still know in your own mind before you grab them what you're trying to get out of it. Are you trying to get their feedback? Are you trying to get them to make a decision with you? Are you just trying to get their approval before you go forward with something, you at least want to be clear in your own mind why you're saying, I need 10 minutes of your time to talk something through. So desired outcome across the board, you should always know that. And then other meeting practices are based upon the kind of meeting, the team that you have, if it's virtual or hybrid or in person. So you can be flexible. There doesn't have to be everything has to happen the same way all the time. I will also say that there are good practices around certain types of meeting. So if you're having a project kickoff, you should have the same structure for every project kickoff meeting. We don't need to recreate the wheel every single time we're having a one-on-one or every single time we're having a team check-in if you want to have a weekly team alignment meeting. If you set your standard structure, it just takes the weight off of having to think about that meeting so deeply every single time because it's in front of you. Okay, we're having our weekly team meeting. This is, these are the things that we do in this team meeting. And then once a year, you say, is this still working for us? Is this still the right structure for these meetings? And for something like that, if you want to have a structure that gives you flexibility, because a lot of teams are like, well, we don't know what we need to talk about. We can't really pre-plan it. That's fine. But if you know what your structure is and you know what the outcome is, because I'll give you a story. I had a client who was meeting every single week with their team. It was about six people, the CEO, and then five direct reports. Those five people were each running their own project that did not relate at all to each other. But for the the senior person, he was like, this is great. I bring everybody together and I get to hear about every single one's project. And then I feel really informed and it's fabulous. But all those other people, all five people were like, why am I sitting in an hour-long meeting? hearing about four other projects that I have no connection to at all. This is such a waste of my time. So we unpacked this and they said, oh, we don't need to meet like this. Our CEO still needs to know the information, but he could meet with us for 15 minutes each individually, and that would be fine. But then they're like, oh, but we also want to use this time for relationship building because we are a company and it would be nice to know the other people who are working here. So they implemented a once a month family reunion. And that would be at five o'clock, they'd order pizza and beer or wine or soft drinks or sparkling water, whatever your flavor is, and get together in the office. And it was just social. It was just an hour of socializing. Sometimes they talk about work, sometimes they talk about family. But that was a better solution 
to their weekly team meetings in terms of relationship building. And for the manager to meet one-on-one with each of the direct reports, that was a better solution for him being informed of what was going on. So you still need to know what your weekly team meetings are about and design the agenda to get there. But then the specifics can get filled in on the spot when someone says, this is what's going on with this. I want to brainstorm about solutions, or this is the, the latest update on XYZ. You still need to have the structure in place though. So I don't know if that was exactly the answer to your question, but there are a lot of meeting practices that you can pick and choose from for the meeting that you have. It doesn't have to be do all the things at every single thing. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. That totally answers my question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, Susan's I think writing I, it all down. It's up here. I definitely am taking notes. I feel like that story that she shared, it really resonates, right? We had a structure that uh-huh. was similar. We pivoted to obviously fully remote during the pandemic. And we've sort of hung on to that since um, still riding that wave. But yeah, we were doing like a Monday team, all hands kind of team huddle. Right. And we were all, plugging into one another's like what's going on in your lane. And I, at first I thought, you know, that's so useful for all of us because we're all in different parts of the world, working on different parts of the business. Like I really thought it was useful for us all to be plugged into one another's workflow. But um, no, that quickly became evident that it was just, <laughs> it was a little bit of a time suck for the ones in the room, right? That just didn't need that weekly update on everybody else's disparate projects. So yeah, that really resonated with me in that story. Yeah. And one of my favorite tips to tell team leaders is have a meeting about your meetings, right? You don't have to decide what practices you're going to use or how many meetings you should have and what the structure should be and all that stuff. You can actually bring it to your team because you only have your perspective as the leader. You know what you need out of these meetings, but your team members might need different things. They might need things that they're not getting. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're getting things they don't need. So invite them into the conversation. Yeah, Have a meeting about your meetings good. where the desired outcome, yeah, you can even tell them the desired outcome is to come up with a plan. Our desired outcome is to have a plan for the types of meetings that we need that will help us all get our work done most effectively. And you can brainstorm together and come up with, yeah, we need a weekly team meeting to accomplish X, Y, or Z. We need project meetings to accomplish X, Y, or Z. And, oh, let's look at our calendar. All these other meetings that we have, mm, I don't know that we really need those anymore. What were they trying to accomplish? And facilitate that conversation and get some clarity. And then experiment, try some things, see what works, evaluate, keep the conversation going. You can always be revisiting your meeting design to make sure that it's serving you and your team members. Yeah, I love the the heart-centric approach again. Just check and vet and validate. Just go to your people, just ask not Mm -hmm. complicated folks like just check in and and seek feedback right so that you know what it is that's working not working and why love that yeah absolutely it's amazing tips and and for folks out there for more on meetings obviously get mamie's book momentum creative Mm -hmm. creating effective engaging and enjoyable meetings now I got to ask you about the Modern Manager Show because (laughs) it's one of the top leadership shows out there and you've done 280 episodes. And so you must have had, like, of course, a bunch of amazing guests. I don't want to say just me, but... (laughs) (laughs) You're up Uh, there. (laughs) Robert. 
<laughs> but a bunch of amazing guests. And I want to ask you, you know, what are some of the top things you've taken away from meeting all those incredible experts? Totally. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to so many incredible people and I really see this podcast as part of my own professional development. So it, it's one of the reasons that I have the stamina to keep going week after week is just because I get to talk to so many incredible people like yourself, Rob. Um, so it's really hard to like boil it down or just pick a few, but there are a couple, like I would say metaphors that have really stuck with me after, you know, all, all the years. So the first is this idea that as a leader, as a manager, we're speaking through a megaphone all the time. And we see ourselves as just being like, I'm, I'm one of you. I'm one of the team. We're having a conversation. We're having a meeting. What I say is just part of the flow. And we have to always remember, and I try to really remind myself of this too, because I can get very enthusiastic, is that anything I say is being heard like double time by everyone in that conversation. And so being able to regulate myself, stay and wait until the back, like let people speak first, not to get overly excited about someone's idea until other folks have had a chance, right? We're just always speaking through a megaphone. So remembering that is definitely one of the things I learned early on from a guest. And the second thing is about spaghetti sauce. Ooh, and I was, did not see that one coming. Oh, yes. Yes. She said that um, conflict is like spilled spaghetti sauce. If you wipe it up off the counter really quickly, swoop, no big deal. Just, you know, one little swipe. If you let it sit for a couple of days, it can start to get crusty. And then you might have to scrub it with a, one of those little like spongy pads. Right, a little harder to address a conflict if it's been festering for for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. But if you leave it for a long time, it gets moldy and smelly and so repulsive. And the same thing happens to conflict. That if you just avoid, 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 then all of a sudden you're just like, oh my God, it's like eating away at me on the inside. Right. So we need to, no matter how hard it might be, just address conflicts right up front because you can just you know, with one little swipe, you can clean it up. So that was the second thing. And then the third was about executive functioning. And I knew a little bit about this because I have kids and some of them have some executive functioning challenges. And so I started learning about it through them. But I had a guest come on. Um, and with this one, he just helped me understand that basically all adults have executive functioning challenges. <laughs> We, it's just part of our brains that we are just True. like we all have different strengths and weaknesses in everything that we do. We also are all struggling with different parts of executive functioning and understanding how something that is so easy for me might be hard for someone else, or that is so easy for someone else is so hard for me, helped me just build the empathy and the spaciousness to work with folks who have very different styles of working. And I already knew a lot about personality types and all how our brains work in that way. But the really practical, like, why is it so hard for someone to keep track of deadlines? Like, that doesn't seem like a personality type thing. Like, that just seems like someone is failing at their job. And be like, oh, no, actually, that is a skill. It is a part of executive functioning. And I need to scaffold someone in a way that can help them keep track of those deadlines, as opposed to seeing them as incompetent it's just a skill that they haven't fully developed yet. 
So those were a couple of the big, big takeaways, but there's, I could go on forever talking about every single guest that I've spoken to and amazing things I've learned from each of them. We're just going to have to go check out the show. I feel like, right, Mamie, like this is just even those three points that you just laid down in terms of lessons, like I'm so resonating with you. And I know my friend Robert is too, especially on that Mm -hmm. last one. (laughs) All right. Maybe before we let you go, we got to pull out the big guns. We got to ask you our favorite question of all questions. What do you want the legacy to be of all this fabulous work that you're doing to get our asses in gear where the meetings, where the meetings are concerned? What would you like your legacy to be? Yeah. I want folks to have a world where meetings are, again, the best part of our day, exactly where we we started. I want to build a legacy of work being a place where people get to be their best selves and do their best work. And if I can help make that happen through my podcast, through meeting effectiveness, then I will feel like I did my part in the world. Amazing. Uh, You've just been incredible on the show there's so much practical stuff for folks to take away and Uh and when you said uh the love and logic part it's we have a tendency to get folks to to share things that other that that (laughs) haven't before so that's our sweet spot on on the llp show and and obviously for folks out there yeah so wherever you're listening to this search for modern manager hit subscribe drop Mamie, a rating and review as well. You can find, obviously, by the book, Momentum, Creating Effective, Engaging, and Enjoyable Meetings. You can find more about Mamie, www.meteor.com. So Meteor, M-E-E, like meeting, E-O-R.com. Themodernmanager.com. And we've dropped all those links in the podcast notes and her LinkedIn as well. Mamie, is there anything else you'd like folks to find you? Mm-hmm. I think those are the two big websites. You can also find me on social media. I'm everywhere. And also you can get a free copy or a free first chapter of the book of my momentum um, on the Meteor website. So if you want to just, you know, dip your toe into the water and check it out, go there. You can get the first chapter. Awesome. Yeah. And obviously for us, for all your leadership mindset development needs, head on over to EliteHighPerformance.com. And for other things like emotional intelligence, conflict management, and more, we're always available there. And hit subscribe to the LLP podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share this one to any folks that host bad meetings. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because (laughs) you need to listen to this one. Now, Susan... Obviously, there's so much to take away, but what do you want folks to take away? Oh, what are we waiting for, leaders? I mean, we're not taught this stuff in school. Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't go to leadership school when we become leaders, right? Like, we we learn how to set up meetings on our skates, trial by fire. So what are you waiting for? Go out there and get Mamie's book. It's for free, for gosh sakes. Take advantage of that. I, I can't imagine a leader listening who won't want to. So good. Thank you, Mamie. So good in terms of the strategies that our leaders get to hit the ground running with. I love this interview. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah. And for me, I think the biggest thing that underpins all of this is the ability to have growth mindset and the ability to 
look at both yourself and how you lead and create meetings and also to get that feedback from your folks, right? And, and it's always about improvement. And so there's so much you can take away on setting it up, running it, the post stuff. Don't just send those meeting minutes that nobody reads. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, take away those practical tips. Go out, listen to Modern Manager, buy the book. Mm-hmm. You're going to definitely find more practical tips in there as well. And yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Mamie, thank you so much for sharing your incredible wisdom with us. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone.